welcome back to Vulcan Hello, the Incomparable's Star Trek Discovery Flashcast. I am your intrepid host, Scott McNulty, and I am joined, as almost always, by Mr. Jason Snell. Jason, welcome aboard. A Vulcan hello to you too, Scott. <laughs> you know, it's still, it just makes me laugh every time I hear it. <laughs> I, I'm sure people are sick of it, but uh, it's too bad. Uh, so we are. This is the the exciting fall finale, the ninth yes. episode, called "Into the Forest I Go." Uh, I read somewhere that perhaps uh, you probably tweeted it, and that's where I read it. That the previous episode, uh, whose title I still will not attempt to pronounce, was going to originally be the fall finale, right? Which I I think would have been. I think it was. Let me put let me put a positive spin on it and say I think it was a good choice to change that plan i i agree in fact i was watching this episode thinking to myself who thought knowing that this episode and the previous episode who thought that that the the break should have happened before this episode instead of at this episode because it feels this episode felt throughout like a like a finale like a a, a climax mm-hmm. of of storylines coming together and excitement and then veering off in another direction at the end this feels like i i wonder if maybe they were concerned <laughs> that they wouldn't have <laughs> enough episodes done or oh. something and because then it was like a month or so ago that they're like oh no actually we're going to show that that other episode too because it's hard to not read this episode i mean maybe they thought it could be used as a cliffhanger or as a launcher but like it so follows from the previous episode and feels like a perfect kind of cliffhanger um wraps up a lot of storyline from mm-hmm. the first two episodes the, from the premiere so it's the i felt like it was the perfect capper to this to this run and then they give us you know six weeks or eight weeks or whatever it is to um think about it <laughs> that's right we all go on fall break uh we yeah. as traditionally in america take the next six weeks off and then we'll return and watch star trek i think that's how it works right yeah, probably I'm not going to work tomorrow, is what I'm saying. Uh, I am going to work if my boss, who is not listening to this, is listening to this. Yeah. Uh, of course, if you're listening to this weeks in advance uh, of when we recorded it, uh, I should just stop this line of uh, thinking and, and talk about Star Trek. Why don't we do that? Sure. <laughs> that sounds much better. I think that we will. I had suspicions, Jason, that perhaps we would just lock the door to the conspiracy closet and throw away the key, for we would not need it. Uh, but I believe... The conspiracy closet remains unlocked, and that we will enter it at the I, uh, I, the tail end of this episode and yeah, discuss some things. I think we're going to have to fire off that that conspiracy phaser. Still has some charge left in it. That's right. So we will we will duck behind uh, right next to the the Gorn skeleton uh-huh. and uh, discuss our conspiracy. But we will save that for people who uh, don't want to know the conspiracy for the end of the episode. Mm. Uh, now this episode returns to the grand tradition of having a little uh, teaser, and then the. Um, you know, the the intro and then the actual show. Um, as I say that, I don't even remember what they did in the teaser, but uh, I know it was done. Uh, maybe the Klingons arrive. I don't know. I think it's the um, <laughs> it, it's uh, Lorca being told that they need to go back to Starbase. And, oh, that's right. And Lorca basically says, uh, no, we're going to protect Pavo. Um, and I think this is where he does the kind of like, we're going to go at warp five. Uh, and right. then, he doesn't say no. Yeah, he says yes. Yeah, he says he, he says yes, but he he's well, he says he no, no, and then and they and then they order him back. He says, well, we'll just go by normal warp drive, and if at any point we decide we want to go back to Pavo, we'll just stop and <laughs> black alert jump back to Pavo. So he's he's playing more games because he wants to do what he wants to do. Right. Um, yeah, and, and this struck me as something that. Uh, one of our favorite Starfleet captains, Captain Kirk, mm-hmm. would totally do. Yeah, uh, the Captain Kirk thing, I thought he was going to be like, let's leave this planet in impulse power, or let's leave a warp <laughs> one, and have one of those moments where the navigator goes, warp one, sir? And he says, you heard me. That was that was what it felt like. Yes. And so the, the idea is, oh, no, the Klingons are coming. We have to protect them. Uh, you know, Admiral Vulcan says, no way. Uh, but Captain Lorca says, I know better than you, Admiral Vulcan. Yeah. Yes way, uh, he says. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's his catchphrase. <laughs> he says it ten times in this episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and yeah, then we, so I thought there were a couple surprising things in this episode that I want to talk about. Um, 
One of them, I think, will be more controversial than the other, uh, since the two things I'm thinking about are the Universal Translator, hooray, mm-hmm. uh, that happens much later. And uh, we get a glimpse of uh, some uh, heretofore unseen Klingon anatomy. <laughs> ah, uh, I haven't done the frame by frame. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I may not have seen what I thought I saw, but I'm pretty sure I did. Interesting. Well, not too frame, but anyway, that's much later in the episode as well. Uh, so yeah, we've, we're on our, our favorite planet, Pavo. We're actually not on it. We're in orbit. Uh, and along comes the, the Klingon ship of the dead and everybody's freaking out. Uh, so they have to, uh, concoct a way. So Cap, uh, Captain uh, Lorca's idea is, well, we'll take three hours to get to the starbase. Uh, in that time, we will solve this problem that the best minds in Starfleet have not been able to solve, which is figuring right. out how to crack the cloaking system. <laughs> Although to be to be fair, the best minds in Starfleet may actually be the ones who are who are on the Discovery, who've been working on other other stuff. I, I was willing to. I, I, what I had the same thought that you did, and my thought was, well, this is the science ship. They've been focused on other stuff. They also have been out here, like with the Klingons, for a while, and I like that their solution ends up being. Uh, something that is basically tied to the spore drive like mm-hmm. the only way you could do this thing is if you had a Klingon cloaked vessel just sort of sit around for a few days <laughs> or have a spore drive where you could jump around it 133 times and good thing they have one of those spore drives laying around and it was unclear to me so they come up with this idea of, let's put two sensors on the Klingon ship uh, and we can you know map it out but it'll take what five days right. for us to create this algorithm but uh, Lorca comes up with this idea of doing 133 jumps and they'll you know speed it up to what five minutes or something like that uh, or four minutes and then it takes five minutes for the computer to compile the algorithm uh, none of which is very the, the actual time is not all that important except it works as a to ramp up the drop in the episode, which I thought was quite effective. Uh, I guess we should say, uh, well, I'll say it right now. I thought this episode was really good. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it, for once again, I think we have gotten back to the track record where I think every episode of Discovery that I've seen is the best one yet. Yep. I think this is the best one yet. I, I feel um, the same way. I feel like we're back on the best, best episode so far train with this one. I thought this was clearly the best episode they've done. It was very exciting. Ed, I, I hate to keep saying this, but I feel like... It felt a lot like Star Trek to me. I know there are people yeah. who think it doesn't, but it did to it, me. It did. I mean, it's modern Star Trek, and everybody's got different. There's somebody, uh, an incomparable member in the incomparable membership Slack, who, who said something about, like, it just doesn't feel like Star Trek. I don't think it's bad, but it doesn't feel like Star Trek. It feels, And he actually said, I think he said, it feels more like a sequel to Enterprise. And I thought, which is Star Trek? <laughs> well, Star Trek, so, yes. I mean, I mean, it is Star Trek. It is a modern Star Trek, and you can define Star Trek however you want. But uh, first off, it is, because it's a TV <laughs> show called Star Trek something and therefore yep. it's star trek and two mm-hmm. I, yeah it totally felt we got a captain who's bending the rules and he's trying to do the right thing i i although i did he does jump to the conclusion that they're going to annihilate pava which which later the klingon captain does say <laughs> let's annihilate this planet and i was like well i mean do they care about like all the spores down on pava or could they just like oh. zap the, the tower and uh, and be uh, done with it but there's this assumption like that's... oh they're the klingons ruin everything and it's proven to be right they do ruin everything <laughs> they uh, do but, they're jerks but there, there's that and there's there's, there's like you know the, you got to go to the star base and we got to we got to save this human who's on this ship mm-hmm. uh, and 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 all of that seemed very Star Trekky to me and uh, the uh, and there were some sound effects that I haven't noticed before that were more they keep dropping in some classic series sound effects there was a really good classic series door swoosh there was a good oh, yes. like medical ping that we heard mm-hmm. this time a lot of a lot of good sound effect stuff kind of mixed in with modern full sound effects but the, like underlying it were some classic uh tos sound effects which i thought was uh pretty awesome so yeah i i it felt very star if you had said to me what would a star trek show look like in 2017 earlier this year and then you showed you showed me this i'd be like yeah that's exactly this is it this is (laughs) that's uh, the one it's not a throwback it's not retro it feels like modern star trek but it does feel like star trek I agree. So I don't want to belabor that point, but I, I just wanted to, to say that this episode, once again, does feel like Star Trek. To yeah. Me, your, your mileage may vary. Mm, true. Uh, so, you know, and if, depends once on I if you go see... warp five or if you use a spore drive. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and I will reiterate my point, although I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast if you don't like hate Star listening. Trek Discovery. Yeah. Uh, I guess you could be hate listening. I feel like you should stop watching the, episode, the, the show if you don't like it. It's okay. There's a lot of Star Trek out there. You can yeah. stop watching it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. 
But all right, enough of that. Back to the actual episode. What we're going to talk about, really good. Uh, so yeah, they they come they concoct this scheme where they have to uh, put two sensors on the the Klingon vessel the to to uh, get enough data to uh, map out this algorithm, you know, to to find out where the ship is. Right. And of course, they have to be placed by hand. Of course. Uh, which doesn't make a lot of sense uh, because they transport them onto the ship. I, I think the, uh, the idea there is that the transporter window is so narrow that, um, um, well, that and they don't know exactly where to put them, where they're going to be, where they're going to be seen and or mm-hmm. not seen and set up and all that. I, I explain that away. But yeah, I mean, they, they yeah, you basically you need somebody to place them there uh, <laughs> it's, it's because worse. it's a show. Yeah. Exactly. It would be far less dramatic if they said, okay, we beam them over. I, I will I will use um, this point to point out one thing, which is you you have stealth beacons that you're going to put in enemy on an enemy ship in order to, uh, to, to, to destroy them. You know what they should be? Is they should light up really bright and make a loud beeping noise. Yeah, so they should be very large. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you can't necessarily help the size. It has to be the size it has to be, but you could probably Probably put it in. I was waiting for Burnham to like put it in like like hide it mute, mute mode and dark mode or throw a blanket over it or something. And instead, yeah, it's like no, I, it's just a big glowing pinging device. Yeah, well, I, I laughed when they placed the, the place the first one because it's so loud and then it lights up and then Burnham places the second one and it's big. It lights up and then it starts talking and I was like, what is wrong with these people? Yeah. Who designed these sense? Who are the Starfleet engineers that designed these probes? Uh, <laughs> well, they're very good scientists and apparently really bad at stealth. Or, I mean, again, you could head Canada to be like, oh, well, they retrofitted some existing stuff and it's supposed to be like that. But who has a probe that's bright and noisy <laughs> and doesn't have like a, a night mode or a, a mute mode or something? Just turn it yeah. on, put, flip the mute switch on the thing, please. That's right. It, it 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 that that annoyed me more than it probably should. But that's that's when I know <laughs> that I'm watching a good Star Trek episode when uh-huh. these tiny details annoy me more than they should. Uh, I feel like ah yes, I'm enjoying this Star Trek. Uh, I will say, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, uh, Burnham is is on. So uh, we're we're jumping all around. So the, so they beam over to the the Klingon ship. They have these. Um, little uh what life uh, life sensor pattern yeah thingies. it's like a it's like a pattern uh replicator like, or something they call it that it basically makes their life signs look like klingon life signs instead of like human life signs yes it looks like for all the world burnham and uh tyler are about to go play laser tag uh but they are not uh although i guess there is a little uh phaser play uh later on uh, but so they, they beep over, they, they, they're cloaked like, uh, Klingons. Uh, Burnham is, you know, scanning for where they should put the first, uh, sensor. I think they put it somewhere. Uh, yeah, in, it in, a, really in a room somewhere. And of course, this is her first visit. She's going back to the, right. the bridge She's been here before. of the, of the, the, the sarcophagus ship that we saw in the first mm-hmm. couple of episodes. And she makes her argument to Lorca that right. she needs to go because she's seen it. And, and which I liked, I liked that moment of like, cause it's it's calling back to what she said i think last week which is she's living on borrowed time she's just here to win the war so why don't you let me go win it and Lorca's finally like all right fine but you better come back safe uh, i liked all of and that I, but so she, she I, she's returning to where georgiou was killed and where she killed mm-hmm. kuvma um, that's right bringing it all back around and that's a why faithful, she's a yeah. faithful uh and i didn't quite understand why Lorca didn't want her to go i guess just because she's not she's too important to he's send ki- i suppose i think he's kind of gotten attached to her and he thinks this is super uh, dangerous like yeah she's uh he thinks of her as his protege uh, and I, I don't think she probably thinks of herself as no, his protege but who knows what's going on in 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 his head oh there. his 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 but they pretty, do pretty head. they do oh we should mention too um another thing we skipped over is uh they he orders the as part of the like paper trail he's building he orders stamets oh, mm-hmm. to go get a full physical from the from the doctor who is very upset because stamets's <laughs> brain is being rewired by the spore <laughs> jumps uh and seems he's, suboptimal he's very very mad about what well, we know he's he's had you know he's had moments he's had different things and, and at one point um there's a conversation where he says, you know, you chose to go where no one has gone before, which, of course, I wrote down and I uh, liked. And mm-hmm. that Stamets says, 
um, that they're that uh, because he's talking to Lorca and Lorca's mapped him out and he's like, oh, Captain, I didn't know you cared. Like you've been paying uh-huh. attention to what we've been doing. Um, and <laughs> you're doing science. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he he um, points it out and it's like, yes, parallel universes are connected ah, to this network. Yes. It goes beyond our preconceptions of space and time. And then he says we have to win this war. But then the journey continues, which is oh. a sly Star Trek reference. Um, uh-huh. The human adventure is just the beginning. Human. Yes. Yeah, I I forgot where that scene happened, but I thought that was a really good scene. And I thought uh, as soon as it, they did the scene where they're like, oh, look, parallel universes are on this uh, mitochondrian highway or whatever it is. My, mycelial. Mycelium. The mycelial uh, network. Yep. Uh, so close. It's, so the mitochondrial close. highway usually gets backed up at rush hour, so you got to take the mycelium <laughs> network instead. Uh, it's much faster. Uh, and I thought, oh, well, there you go. That's how they will explain away the fact that we have never seen any of the technology on the Discovery uh, because they're going to end up in a parallel universe. And something horrible is going to happen to them, yeah. probably. Uh, and, uh, and spoiler for the end of the episode, although if you're listening to this, I assume you have watched the episode. I think it's highly suggested that they end up in a parallel universe yes. at the end of this episode. Yeah. Uh, and I was hoping uh, to... They did. I guess they don't want to give too much away, but I was hoping it would be the Mirror Mirror universe, and they would show us some uh, Mirror Mirror Federation ship uh, hovering outside the window or something, but they did not. They didn't. No, they left us hanging there. Uh, we'll have to wait six weeks to find mm. out what universe they're in. Uh, but we're not over yet. This is not a, We're not about our fall finale because we're like 15 minutes into the yeah, episode. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, what's wrong with me? I'm all over the place. I'm just so excited. This episode, uh, was very good. Uh, so yeah, so Stamets is having his brain rewritten. Not so great. Uh, but this, that's when Lorca says, Hey, uh, I've got an idea. I know it's going to take us five days if we don't use, uh, like 133 micro jumps. Uh, so let's do that. And Stamets is like, I don't think I want to. Uh, and he's like, Oh, look at this map I made. And then right. Stamets is like, You've completely convinced me. Uh, and then he goes off to, I think Stamets is super receptive. First off, he's high on mushrooms. And second, I think he's super mm-hmm. receptive to Lorca's speeches and has been all along. That's like Lorca knows it's how true. to how to manipulate Stamets to get him to do what, what Lorca wants him to do, to appeal to his, his uh, scientific questing nature, appeal to his mm-hmm. patriotism about the Federation. Um, and that does lead to a, st- uh, a scene later where the doctor is sort of checking out Stamets in the, in the, um, in the mushroom room. And, uh, and uh, she says, Oh, I'm, glad he finally came to you about the side effects uh, <laughs> he's like and there's lots of angry glances oh, as he's like i didn't hear that but hey let's just uh do these jumps now and we'll talk about it later side effects right because stabitz is in in uh, uh the medical bay and you know uh what's his name dr oh i'm gonna forget his name again dr uh, i can never uh, remember his culver yeah, culver culver culver, culver. Uh, says, hey, Captain Lorca, come on in. Uh, his brain is being rewired, and he asks him point blank. Lorca says to him, to Stamets, are you feeling any side effects? And Stamets says, nope, nope. Which I is, feel fine. Which is immediately, uh, yeah, countered by Tilly's question. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get, oh, and before we get the beaming onto the ship, we also get a Klingon scene where, uh, we, we, where we have Cole and um and they are talking about the discovery because they arrive in orbit oh, yes and that's a great mm-hmm. moment because they're like they refer to them as the enchanted vessel and he says <laughs> you know we will take her and we'll destroy the planet and we'll we'll like uh, kill the crew and take their their magical engines or whatever but i liked it it's the enchanted vessel the discovery yes, and they they still don't know what it does but they no. know it has something on it that they want it's magic uh Although they quickly find out what it does, mm-hmm. because uh, part of so they beam over. Uh, what's it, uh, Burnham and Tyler beam over, uh, and and in order to keep the Klingons busy, uh, Captain Lorca, they do a couple of jumps, and the Klingons are like, "Oh, that's what this ship does. Yeah. Uh, that makes perfect sense. I must have it. Give it to me." Cole really wants it. Yeah, uh, this is where we although- get um, the uh, in addition to the beeping, glowing transmitter. Uh, which, yeah, yeah, that's really great. There, I, I <laughs> noticed that this is, they find a human life sign, which we totally know is going to be yes. Cornwell. But, that's what I said um, to myself. Yeah, totally, totally called it. Myself. Totally called it. Um, we also get uh, a Klingon ship that I, I get it. It's really big because it's the, it's the, it's the, huge. whatever it is, the sarcophagus ship, but they are basically just wandering around it and there are no Klingons <laughs> around. They don't like find a guy walking and shoot him or something. There's just nobody the around. They can just, they're uh, very yeah. busy missing the discovery. Yeah, clearly. Time and time again. Uh, yeah, it is a pretty empty, 
ship. Um, so that's, that's unusual. But then, yeah, so they, uh, Burnham says, oh, there's another human life form. Uh, and, uh, Tyler's like, well, we have a mission. We can't deviate from the mission. And, uh, this is another thing that made me think this is very Star Trekky because she says, uh, Burnham's like, we're not leaving someone on right. the ship. Mm-hmm. We're going to find them and everybody's getting back to the discovery. Uh, and so they, they go and we know, oh, it's Admiral Cornwall. Uh, she's alive. Hooray. Uh, so Burnham goes over to talk to her. Uh, but who else is in, uh, the, I, pre- preparatory room, yeah, I guess, the, de- for the, the, the morgue or whatever it is. Laurel is there. Laurel. Ah. Everyone's favorites. Klingon, who you sometimes can remember who she is. Um, and, but who, you know, who remembers who Laurel is? Yeah, Tyler does. Tyler does. It's yeah. you. And we get fly, like flashes of, of Klingon torture by Laurel. Mm. Yes. Uh, and he totally freezes He's and is freezes. freaking out. And Burnham finally just stuns Laurel but Tyler yes. is totally messed up and this is that you know he's a- played a good game he's acted like nothing is wrong but he sees Laurel and you know we already saw him when he shot her the last time and said you know I you know I'll never forgive you or whatever it was you ruined my life um, that he's he's uh, basically having an episode here of uh, post-traumatic stress um, he's yes. in shock and and that's what uh, Cornwell says is Cornwell can't move her legs um, so she's sitting on the floor and she's like I've seen this before he's in shock you're not going to get anything out of him you're going to have to do the rest of this mission with him sitting here like a zombie and me sitting here like an injured person you're going to have to go you're going to have to go <laughs> Just- do this Leave me a phaser. Yeah. Uh, which, which she does. And mm-hmm. off she goes. So, yes. And I thought it was good because we know that uh, we don't know a whole heck of a lot about Admiral Cornwall, but we do know that she is a counselor. So she is, uh, it's almost as though the writers planned this. Uh, uh, and so I, I did have a couple of those moments where I thought, well, this explains why that is the way this was because they plotted this out in advance. Amazing. Uh, and so she's like, yeah, I'll, uh, you know, talk them through this. It'll be fine. Um, and I, I did at that moment. I, I worried that she was going to like they were going to make it super easy for him to get through this episode, uh, but they did not. Nope. So he's pretty much he's out of commission for the entire kind of rest of the Klingon ship adventure yeah, until the very last uh, moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. So now that it's just Burnham running around uh, on the old uh, Klingon ship, uh, shooting a couple Klingons. I think does she even shoot any? No, she doesn't. She just runs around and she somehow sneaks onto the bridge. Yeah, she's, she sneaks into. I mean, it's a very big bridge. She said it was like four or five times four the size times. of a, it's a, a large a Federation well, you know, bridge. Klingons uh, like room to gesticulate. Well, and again, it's 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 not meant to be a warship. It's meant to be this weird uh, sarcophagus ship. Yes, so it's a little bit. Right. It's, it's a little it's, bit different kind of kind of layout. But she yeah, she sneaks cr- on um, and sets up again the. Loud, bright uh, transponder thing yeah. right there like on, on, the, on bridge. the other side of a console that a Klingon is sitting at. So yeah. I, maybe Klingons are not very now, good at there, hearing. There is a wise. fight going on, right? So they're like super focused on the discovery and all of that, which is which is great. It's and true. and their discovery is shooting them with torpedoes, which is uh, I like some of the the strategy battle strategy here because they're like okay now that they're over there here's what we do or now that they've got them um now the burnham's set them both the next thing we need to do is we need to jump around and fire them at them with torpedoes uh mm-hmm. so that they will um they will retreat basically that they'll cloak and try to use their cloaking device to attack us next because once that we've got them cloaked we can do phase two of the plan and i mm-hmm. liked i liked that whole like you know now we need to prompt them to behave this way which we know they will do and then we can do this to respond i thought that was all pretty pretty uh, fun stuff yes and i laughed out loud when so Burnham turns on the sensor uh everything's going peachy keen uh and the discovery starts it's like we're gonna jump all the way around every place uh and uh cole is like well let's leave <laughs> yeah I thought that that they did not plan for that eventuality of, you know, because they have to jump around for four right. minutes. Nothing's happening. So Cole's like, WTF, we might as well just go. Yeah. And I like that. I like that. That was a uh, funny moment in in his like, we should just get out of here. And of course, it it serves the purpose of prompting Burnham to do something rash in order mm-hmm. to distract them, which is that she basically shoots a guy <laughs> and pops up and, and says, hello. Um, oh, but when they Vulcan start, the, hello, when they start, yeah, <laughs> which is shooting a guy. That uh, Exactly. Yes. Uh, 
um, the uh, so she boots as, up the Universal Translator she, right before she does that. Um, right before she does that, they have that moment where they're like doing all the jumps, and you see that. Um, that Stamets oh. is freaking out. There's a, there's yes. the, it's sort of an, an interesting intercut where Stamets is freaking out and Tyler is freaking out. Like there, there we got the kind of like simultaneous freakouts happening. Everybody's freaking out. And, and Stamets says key words for those who like episode titles, which is he says a couple cryptic things in this episode that I think will come back later. And the first one is there's a clearing in the forest. That's how they go. Which is like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? And you get the sense that, yeah, he's seeing things we don't understand. Something is going on here. But I, I really like the line that Lorca gives to the doctor to sort of like not disconnect Stamets from the network, which is trillions of lives are at stake. Now, that's mm-hmm. a Star Trek line. <laughs> There's a lot of lives. Yeah. Uh, and they're all at stake. And I guess that includes Klingon lives as well. So I guess. Uh, that's a lot of lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to, yeah, because she wants, Colber obviously wants to shut down the, the jumps because yeah. Stamets is not doing He's so freaking well. out, yeah. Uh, but he doesn't. So okay. So uh, universal continue. universal translator. Oh man, I'm so excited. There, it looks like a communicator. Feels like a universal translator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. And that's when now we finally have Klingons speaking English. Even yeah. though they're speaking Klingon. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that was a moment that I, I wonder if they said we need to, we really need to do that hunt for Red October moment where we just kind of like <laughs> move past the fact that the Klingons are speaking Klingon. Um, but I, I also I I've seen them speak some english so i was unclear about whether she opened up the translator and he just was like you don't need to do that i can speak english or whether we were actually sort of within the context of the show because what i liked about it is that she's talking and you can hear in the background klingon coming out of the communicator which i thought Mm -hmm. was pretty cool um and And even and cole says oh you speak klingon who is it (laughs) yeah and she's like no it's a it's it's one of my awesome human tools that i have and he goes oh <laughs> you're debasing the Klingon language with your stupid translator, which I think is in character, right? Yes. Uh, but but then he really starts speaking English. Sense. So that's my real question is what I'd like to believe is that uh, the translator is going on there. And this is the moment where we say, suffice it to say, there's a translator. Now everybody's <laughs> going to talk in English. I hope that is true. Although I do feel by the end of this episode uh, that we may have left the Klingon plot behind us. So that may not be much of an issue. Well, Although there, a, there's a Klingon there. A Klingon plot, right? Yes. Not necessarily. The, the Klingon war plot seems yeah. to be uh, perhaps done. Um, but I think we'll see more Klingons. Mm. Uh, and they will. I hope they will be speaking English because... Uh, the Klingon scenes where they're speaking English are far more entertaining yes. than the ones where they're speaking torturous Klingon yep. very slowly. Yep. Uh, so, hooray for the Universal Translator, is what I'm saying. Uh, Burnham then uh, says, hey, I know how to distract a Klingon. Challenge him to a duel. Yeah, yeah so this is, this is like, I like her. Obviously, she's got some intel about the Klingons, because this was a very, actually, next generation kind of callback moment where she says, mm-hmm. I thought Klingons were honorable. And he says, you know nothing of Klingon honor, you, you stupid nothing. human, but I will fight you. And she says, you know, I killed Takuvma. I'm awesome. And they're like, okay, all right, mm-hmm. we got something here. And meanwhile, we've also noticed at this point that... Uh, Oh, yes. He has Giorgio's Starfleet emblem, her, Which her badge. Burnham wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uses and then it to pick his teeth, it turns he out. He does. Well, what else are you going to do with it? Uh, and then I did have an idea uh, that hopefully at some point we see some alien that uh, has a necklace of, Cle- of uh, Starfleet in- emblems <laughs> uh, because he's killed so many Starfleet now That officers. would be a bad, bad person bad that's a bad guy yes uh but yeah he's like oh uh so if you've killed takuva that means if i kill you then i can basically proclaim myself as uh the new messiah and we can just get rid of all this stupid religion stuff because Mm -hmm. i don't really believe it no because he doesn't Um, care I don't. He does. He just wants power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he, he thanks says, oh, her also, for starting the war. In fact, he does. he's like, "That was good for me because now I'm in charge of everything." Thanks. Now I'll yeah, kill I'm, you with this little mini batleth dagger thing that I keep two of on me mm-hmm. at all times. Well, for uh, ceremonial duels, I think. What's well, Klingon? I, that's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I, I like that moment where she said, "I'm sorry." Uh, basically, I regret starting this whole Klingon war. And he's like, like "No, sh- you, you, you totes did me a no, favor, no. Burnham. Thank you." <laughs> I am now in charge of the Klingon Empire. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's the that's called the Klingon thank you. <laughs> <There>. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> That's right. It's it's very rare, but mm-hmm. when it happens, it's Watch important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they have, they have a bit of a, a little fisticuffs there. Uh, yeah. Actually, they don't have fisticuffs. They have uh, blades. And turn, yeah. there, there's some, some kicks. A lot of kicks, uh, some stabbing. Yeah. Uh, it it yeah, seems she clear. Him, she gets him in the leg at one point. That was pretty good. She, I did think, oh, well, at one point he grabs her by the neck, and it's clear that he could just kill her, but he doesn't. He just, he throws her, uh, which is a pretty Klingon thing to do. She's yeah. a human. He doesn't think that she's much of a, a threat. Uh, and then she stabs him in, like, the calf, and he's like, hmm, I probably should have killed her a few seconds yeah. earlier. But now he's totally going to kill her, except... Mm-hmm. Oh, this is when the, the, the algorithm is done. Saru has done it in less than five minutes. Now they know where everybody is. Uh, oh, and this is also, meanwhile, in the morgue, uh, there are two Klingons on the other side of the door, uh, and they open it up, and uh, Admiral... Uh, I was going to call her Admiral Cartwright, but that's not right. Uh, Cornwell. <laughs> it's a different she, Admiral. She shoots one of them, but is like, look, I'm a sitting duck here, and Tyler snaps out of it enough to like take the gun and push her back take the phaser push her back slide along the floor do an action Mm -hmm. hero move shoot shoot another klingon close the door and he he does uh, a lot yeah and they call to say we're ready to pick you up and he says i've got cornwell here basically two from here and burnham's on the bridge Mm -hmm. and they're like all right we're gonna beam you out and then we get the simultaneous (gasps) beaming where they're beaming out and i think well what but what about laurel and sure enough laurel Uh is also thinking that and that's what (laughs) jumps on his back basically and hitchhikes Mm -hmm. on the transporter beam and then burnham does the does the fun uh transporter move where she kind of jumps over the railing and is falling but is getting uh she knows she's getting beamed out so she just gets beamed out instead so and they don't sh- they don't show burnham rematerializing but my question is does she she beam like conservation of uh, momentum is a thing i think uh and or maybe not scientists correct me uh and so i imagine she will fall like they beam her do they just beam her out to the ground or does they beam her well, so in star trek beyond um they they land and he's like, let's never do that again. But of right. course, in in Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, they beam Sulu and Kirk out of free falling to the hit the surface of Vulcan, and they just kind of land gently on the floor of the transporter room. So there's got to be some sort of we got to retcon in some like inertial <laughs> negation that happens, it, or maybe it's uh, you need a good transporter chief, and if you have yeah. one who doesn't know what he's doing. Then they would just fl- they would immediately like fling out of the transporter room, smash through the glass, and be flattened <laughs> against the bulkhead. But pre- ideally not. Yeah, the, hopefully that's what you want to avoid. Yeah, but it was a very dramatic kind of beaming, um, and this is kind of a a Star Trek six moment where uh, you know Captain Sulu uh, is says you know lock on to that explosion and fire mm-hmm. uh, because the Discovery starts shooting a bunch of fo- uh, photon torpedoes I- at the cloaked uh, i was gonna call it a cathedral ship uh coffin uh sarcophagus, sarcophagus ship. yeah i would say uh, maybe the most dramatic scene in which someone is putting in eye drops i have ever seen because that is <laughs> apparently Lorca's signature move is i'm gonna put in some eye drops and then destroy a klingon ship with photon <laughs> torpedo fire well, he he knew things were gonna get bright and as we know he's got damaged eyes yeah well that's uh, true actually that's really a good point it's like it, this is gonna these explosions are gonna hurt my eyes so i'm gonna put in my eye drops now and now we're gonna set it on fire and that's what that's, happens it's, it was that's fun. what he does yeah. yeah and i i think that um you know takuma's father uh apparently designed the ship right uh, or it was his ship uh and he designed this very dramatic or whoever designed it this very dramatic big window uh, that's perfect to watch the ship that's going to destroy you through yeah. uh and then everybody blows up and they all die they, yeah, the, you, the, the, the thus ends the sarcophagus <laughs> ship and uh, right. and our friend Cole. That part of this R. story R. is over. He is done for uh, unless he somehow managed to escape, which seems like it would be hard no. to explain. Yeah, but I think he's dead, and I think that that thus ends, I believe, the Klingon War chapter of Discovery. Um, but maybe maybe, maybe we'll not. come back to it. If there's other Klingons out there with cloaking devices, and they're supposed to like the Discovery, supposed to relay back. Uh, what they've learned to decode the cloaking devices, but I think they don't get a chance, right? So there's still, right. but the but the prime yeah, we'll mover see. who unified all the houses and all of that for this war is out of the picture, right? right. So, so I think the the Klingon Empire will once again be in disarray uh, as they try to figure out what the heck happens yeah. uh, to Cole and his fabulous 
sarcophagus ship. And we get that. Uh, and so they come back on the bridge and we get that really mm-hmm. great moment where Burnham arrives on the bridge and Saru gives her that nod. Mm, and she yes. looks at, at, at the emblem of Georgiou that she, that she brought back. And this is that memoir. I thought like, th- of course this has to be, if not the season finale, this kind of mid season finale, because this is, we are emotionally wrapping up all the stuff that happened in episode one and two, right? And 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 pulling it all back together. Like, she's kind of redeeming herself here. We, you know, she's gotten Georgiou's uh, uh, thing back. She's killed the Klingons. Um, and and they've blown up that ship. And even Saru gives her that nod of respect, like, you, you know, you did, you did a good job and did what needed to be mm-hmm. done. And it just, as an emotional resolution, I really felt that in this, in this moment, that we've come a long way in the whatever it is, eight weeks since uh, the premiere. I agree. And that's why I thought uh, so strange that they thought that the, the episode before yeah. this would be a good because that, that the ending of the episode before this was kind of a cliffhanger, but it was not a very dramatic cliffhanger. It's like, oh, the Klingons are coming. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so everybody's back. There are meaningful glances everywhere. Uh, Captain Lorca goes to his ready room to talk to Admiral Vulcan, who is mm-hmm. like, well, Lorca, I don't like your methods, but you get results. Yep. <laughs> so would you like a medal? That would you like a battle? And Lorca's like, hmm, uh, let me go to the shuttle bay and think about it. Yeah. Uh, and he, but this is where he says, oh, we're also transmitting the uh, the algorithm uh, and the data to you so that you can start. Uh, oh, OK. So maybe other- they'll maybe they'll be uh, the war by the time Discovery shows up again. If they ever do, they'll uh, they'll have have won the war after all. Maybe so. Yeah, that's that's what I, I that's what I take from that mm. scene. Um, but yeah, so Lorca goes down to the shuttle bay, and we've got uh, good old Stamets looking out into uh, the onto the planet, and it's very pretty, and he's you know very uh, uh, introspective. One imagines imagining looking at all the infinite possibilities that he's seen, and Lorca's like, "Hey, uh, what you doing?" <laughs> um, uh, and he says, "Oh, they were going to give me a medal, but I told them to give it to you." Uh, and this is I want to ask you something, Jason, because I think. Lorca went down there for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to get Stamets to do one more jump, uh, even though he said, oh, no, I couldn't possibly ask you to do one more spore drive jump. But if you did, we would get there so much faster. I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence about it because they are going to be able to get back under warp, right? They're going to be able mm-hmm. to do that. They're going to be able to get back and they've they've saved the day and they're Klingons that are out there and maybe coming their way. But I... um. I, I'm willing to give Lorca the benefit of the doubt on this one, that it's actually uh, Stamets saying, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you one more for free mm-hmm. to take us all the way home safe. But then, um, and then he points out, no, I mean, literally, I will do yeah, one right. more and then I quit because, um, you know, the doctors, the Federation doctors need to examine me and figure out what the hell is going on with me. But for the crew, he says, I will mm-hmm. do one more jump. So I, I don't know. I don't know if Lorca needed him to do one more jump. Um, I thought actually in some ways this is Stamets saying, I'll give you one more jump to to sort of like not this off and, and let me say, you know, I did a good job here, but then I quit instead of just saying I quit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but, and plus, yeah. he gets one more one more hit of the the good old spore goodness. Yeah, one uh, last what, little uh, little mapping, and, and then, <laughs> this is the moment where I was like, if I didn't know what was coming, it would be painfully obvious here because this is like mm-hmm. one big one last score, one last job. <laughs> I have one day until retirement. Uh, that's basically what he's saying here. And we know what that <laughs> yep. means is that this is not going to be the last jump. Uh, that's that right. There's going to be complications mm-hmm. ahead. Um, and this is a very easy jump, but uh, it turns out to be not so easy. And uh, yeah. they do the jump. But it, uh, there, I forget what the error message was, but there's some kind of cryptic yeah. error message. So, and, and what somebody says is that it was, what we're reading is an incomplete navigation. Ah, there you go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he screamed at one point. Before he goes in for the last one, he talks to the doctor. Oh, yeah. And, that was a nice scene. And he says, I, you know, we could go to the opera house and they're doing La Boheme, which is, that is a deep cut because that's referencing that the actor who plays Stamets was Mark in Rent, mm-hmm. and Rent is based on La Boheme, uh, and so that is totally what that is a reference to. That is, <laughs> and that is, isn't the actor who plays Doctor Culver also 
in Rent? Was, was he, he in, in Rent as I well? Don't, that, one, that one I don't know, but I mean, but, uh, but uh, the, uh, why am I blanking on his name now, uh, who plays uh, Stamets? Uh, Anthony he, Anthony Rapp. Rapp. Anthony Rapp is famous for, basically, he became famous playing Mark in Rent on Broadway. And so they're going to go see La Boheme. Uh, that killed me. That was really funny. Little, little, uh, that, cause that's like, that's, uh, that is a deep reference there, but it, that made me <laughs> laugh. But again, it's in the context of one last job, just this jump, then it'll be fine. And incomplete navigation. It's not good. He's, oh. he's, he's got like, glassy eyes on the floor and he's muttering to himself this is his other cryptic line he gives us which is so many i can see them all <laughs> yeah ooh, what does he mean mm. uh and this is when we we ship also real-time follow-up because suddenly that's a thing now in on this podcast wilson cruz who plays dr culper was in rent as well. Right, well, right, right. well, then it's a double reference, right? Like, of Look course they're going to go see Lobo M. <laughs> These guys were in rent. Of course they are. <laughs> checks out. Story uh, checks story out. Story checks out. And, the, and, and we, the, we're, we're about to get to the last scene, but we, we, we sh- should we back up or should we, we talk should about we talk the third about, last shot? Uh, uh, well, let's talk because I think uh, you're going to talk about the scene that I, uh, as we were talking about the last penultimate scene, I remember we hadn't talked about, which is uh, Tyler and Burnham. Yeah. Uh, yes. So let's talk about that. So Tyler and Burnham. Burnham goes to talk to Tyler because she knows he's seen some stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we find out uh, he has much nicer quarters than uh, Burnham well, and Tilly share, but he's also an officer. So he, He's like a security chief, so he got the office that Tori from Battlestar Galactica lost because she was killed by a tardigrade, stupidly. So he <laughs> just gets, true. they pack up her stuff, put it in a cardboard box, and he moves right on in there. Um, uh, I, I feel like they, they treat her things with reverence and send it to her family, Jason. Yeah, oh, of course. They have a hologram, and there's an, it's in a nice box. Maybe it's not cardboard. Mm-hmm. Okay, I take it back. It's Starfleet plastic <laughs> box material that is mm-hmm. very high quality. And as we know, with the, the uh, George's telescope, yeah, no, it's, it's all labeled it's with a, a nice little it, professional label. Yeah, it's all that. That's what they do. They put it in there. But like, still, <laughs> within like twelve hours of Tyler arriving and being named security chief, that well, room was cleaned course. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's just and I mean, they put up. It's just business. Put, Put up his uh, his his weird little uh, painting that he has on the wall there, right? Um, I mean, maybe that comes with the ship, and and oh, everybody that's like gets the painting. Stock? Or can you like can in you a hotel pick room from a, a gallery? Oh, uh, I'm sure like you a, could pick. I'm sure it's a painting viewer. Then you can pick mm, a painting, or just mm-hmm. do like a shuffle of a. We're really off track here. Um, this is oh, good. Yeah. So this it, is good though. She's a, like you. You know, you put on on a facade. Like everything washes off of you. But mm-hmm. when you saw that clinging, you lost it. And then I think maybe she's trying to be sensitive, but she's like, who is she to you? And his response is great, which is, I think you already know, (laughs) you know, put it together. You were her prisoner. Yes, you got it. I was, I I was tortured for 227 days by her. She was my capturer and torturer. And she made me do things. Yeah. She took a particular interest in me, which is something Mm. that he said before. Yes. Um, Yeah. But it does end with the, but it's okay. You know, in the end, I would be here if i hadn't gone through that and i wouldn't have Aww. met you oh and he does he does, in that scene he does say you know i had to do things that i didn't want to do i saw an opportunity and i uh encouraged her attachment to me so he feels right. guilt on he several guilt. levels yeah yeah, which makes uh, I thought this, which, this really rang true as somebody who's who's been through something like this. Like it, 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 uh, it felt like that. It felt he authentic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm not an expert and I have not been through this myself, but I, I it, he right. felt like someone who had been through something like that, where he's right. blaming himself. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily rational, but he still has those feelings. He was just trying to survive. Um, and I thought that was yeah, I thought that was handled well as far as i could tell about him you know her trying to you know yeah she probes maybe a little bit more but um she's trying to get she just wants him to be better and he he's he's admitting that he's not just fine which has been sort of a a, an undercurrent all along has been why does he act like everything's fine if he was being held for seven months on a klingon ship as a prisoner and clearly everything is not fine everything is not fine so that was uh that was that and was good, but then he he uh, that leads to I think this is what you were mentioning. 
is we oh, then yes, the see his, his dreams where we get even more intense sort of flashback yes. of Klingon torture. Mm, and of uh, Klingon human relations. It looks like, which is, you know, strongly implied by all the dialogue that that, that is part mm-hmm. of what's going on here. And so they, it, it was done, I thought, done well in that it's all just kind of fast and moving around, but you definitely get the impression that this is sort of like there's torture and there's physical contact and that's all happening uh, and there's you know screaming and and it's bad. Um, that's all <laughs> happening. Not good. That's all happening in there. And of course, that's a nightmare. And he wakes up and he does what I thought was like, oh boy, this could be a really bad move on his part because he goes to the brig to see Laurel mm-hmm. and he shouts mm-hmm. at her. He's like, "What did you do to me?" And and then we get a a very peculiar moment that all of us get to chew on for the next six weeks, which is she. she her response to her is, "I will never let them hurt you." soon soon and then and then basically the jump goes horribly wrong and we don't go back to that scene to see what happens next the last we hear of laurel (laughs) she says soon and i did i i thought so she's in the brig uh she's wearing a really weird outfit uh i wonder if those like it has vertical like bars on it that seem like they are equipment of some kind so maybe you can immobilize a prisoner by pressing a button or something i don't know know. it doesn't really matter but uh, I thought it was weird. Prison garb. Uh, but yeah, prison garb. That's right. That's my Scott's. Uh, that's the new segment out here. Uh, prison garb second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was weird. That's uh, the end of prison guard second. Thank hot, you for joining us. <laughs> so back on the bridge, uh, the, the jump has gone horribly wrong. Saru, uh, Captain Lurker's like, where the hell are we? Saru says, I do not know. Yeah. It's like, give me a minute. Are going crazy. Give me a minute. <laughs> Uh, we got uh, nothing. We like yep, the stars nope. aren't the right ones. We don't know where we are. Yes, and Lark uh, is like, "Where's Starbase Forty Six? And uh, Saru says, "Not where it's supposed to be." Yeah, and what's that? And it's like we don't even know what that is. And there's stuff floating out there. And the last shot, mm-hmm. we kind of pull through it, and it's like this just field of debris of like destroyed starships. It looks like of some kind. Yeah, we don't know what kind there no. are. Uh, and I was expecting, kind of, although I'm glad they didn't, that it would we would see like a, a section of the discovery saucer or something um but we didn't so that, didn't. i think that was the better choice on the writer's part uh and that's it that's the the uh, fall finale of star trek discovery uh and before we go into because we do have to enter uh the conspiracy corner yes. and the conspiracy closet and fire off the conspiracy phaser uh but before we do that jason did you think that this was a fitting fall finale. I thought it was. I thought this was, as we said at the beginning, I thought this was the best episode of the season so far. I think that they've continued on this path, upward path, where I have liked, and I've liked the show from the beginning, but it this was intense all the way through, uh, pu- pulled together a lot of threads that have been uh, since the very beginning of the show, had that emotional uh, kind of peak with the Klingon stuff, with Burnham returning to the Klingon bridge, which was not nice a nice moment uh fisticuffs uh exciting action super intense stuff with the jumps and the and the the battle between the klingon ship and the discovery and uh yeah so i thought it was i thought it was a lot of fun uh really intense uh enjoyed the hell out of it and am looking forward to being back here in about two months because it's january 7th when uh yes. when the, the show returns but i i think for a, a, the first nine hours i think they did good i think it's it's been a lot of fun yes and i think that's uh i think one of the characters i think Lorca even says oh you know once we uh finish with this klingon war a yeah. whole new chapter for a discovery will happen chapter yes mm. and i thought ah yes the next episode is going to start this new chapter uh but for a first chapter man very strong i think uh certainly i think um maybe barring the original series uh, the strongest first nine episodes of any Star Trek series uh, to date. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be that bold and say that. I don't think it's all that bold because generally first seasons of Star Trek suck, uh, with the exception of the original series. And now I think the except well, we haven't seen the second half, so it could they could royally screw it all up. Uh, hopefully not. But uh, I've been very impressed, and um, like I said in the last episode, I think this episode again. Is just it just looks great. Uh, I'm just so happy that we have Star Trek that actually looks good, um, or I should say looks modern. I mean, I think Star Trek has always looked good for the time that it is in, but we right. haven't seen kind of this take. So uh, I like it. And with that, 
let's fire off the conspiracy phaser and talk talk about our favorite conspiracy which is oh i should say if you don't want to hear this conspiracy stop listening now because we're just going to talk about this conspiracy from here on out uh and that is for people who don't know what the conspiracy is uh that ash tyler is a secret klingon secret klingon <laughs> that klingon a particular secret klingon voke and i believe now i thought perhaps in this episode they would unveil this secret me too uh, they did not. Nope. Uh, but they strongly hinted at it uh, in a couple of ways, I think. I was all over the place, too, because there was a moment where they were when they were talking about him. You know, he, he gets all, all uh, upset and he's talking to Burnham where I thought maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Mm, yeah. um, uh, you know, where they, they even made me who I'm a I'm a pretty hardcore believer in the secret Klingon <laughs> theory. But I, I, I wavered a little. And then you're I kind of were the. You're the torchbearer of the secret Klingon theory, Jason. Don't waver. But then I, I didn't, because then in the end I was like, oh, no, no, no. This is this is all part... Uh, the only question I've got is... I, I, there, I do have a question about whether he is a sleeper agent somehow. Uh. You that's, took the fr- you you. It's as if you read my mind, Jason. That's that's my that that the implication that he's having all of these horrible thoughts when he sees her, and mm-hmm. he says, "What did you do to me?" I have been subscribing to the theory that it's all a double meaning, and that he agreed to do this because he kind of had no no other option as Voke, and then it was so horrific that he now just wants to get away, and he hates her. Um, and I think you can still maybe read it that way, but I have started to wonder if. What they're really doing is like he is supposed to think that he's Tyler and there is a something that will wake him up and make him realize mm-hmm. that he's a secret Klingon. I'm not sure whether I want to see that. I kind of almost would rather it all be that he's a he knows he's a Klingon, but he's super disaffected rather than being that he's got this kind of like the, the Klingon part of him will wake up and reveal himself. Um, but that that's that's where I'm kind of wavering is I'm not entirely convinced now that he knows himself who he actually is. Yes, that's how I read. I think that I am almost certain, and I will be quite pleased if uh, we are completely wrong, but I am almost certain that he doesn't know he's a Klingon. Hmm. Uh, and that's why I, that's how I interpret Laurel soon, because soon. she's going to soon, she's going to trigger or, or awaken him uh, as a sleeper agent. And that's why she wanted to get onto the discovery. Uh, in the last episode, yeah. or two episodes ago, and she and uh, and and hitched a ride this time is because she's got mm-hmm. a he he's her project and she needs to activate him. Although if she's hanging out there, I don't know, you know, necessarily what the I don't know why she needs to activate and, him. And, but. The, and the sarcophagus <laughs> ship's blown up now, so does that change her political dynamic at all? Uh, um, although maybe that gives her more of an opportunity now. So that's all kind of out there. But the, I think the thing that makes the the conspiracy that much more of a certainty now is that what she says to him right where, where she says mm-hmm. i will never let them hurt you i mean right. how much clearer could it be that she, <laughs> as far as she's concerned i mean i guess you could the double meaning there is that uh she thinks he belongs to her because she took him and tortured him and right. had sex with him and she is basically saying you you're my pet i'm not going to let these people hurt you but really come on she's saying i will never let the humans <laughs> hurt you because you're my yes. klingon uh spy and soon right. we will get out of here and I will I will hatch this in your brain. But um, <laughs> it, it's... And I think that, yeah. I think she may have, uh, Lorel may have feelings for Vok and she sure. has, she has uh, expressed them to Tyler in a very physical way. Yes. Uh, which has messed him up. Uh, but in her mind, he's not a human. He is Vok. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's interesting that way. And well, I think that the they, other thing. Cause they had their little kind of romantic for a Klingon moment on the discovery mm-hmm. or not on the Shinjo where they were like right. getting the, the dilithium replicator or whatever it is processing uh-huh. unit. And there was like, shall we uncouple now? And all of that, right. <laughs> that was their, that was their sexual tension moments. So that was their, their meat cute. It, it's implied. And the fact that, 
that that was the the last time still the last time we saw evoke who is this character who is important for the first four episodes of the show and it's laurel saying you'll have to give up everything to serve the Mm -hmm. cause the fact that we still haven't seen him i think is like the final nail in the coffin that this is the is the or nail out of the coffin i don't know whether we're building a coffin (laughs) or opening a coffin here but it's like the final clincher for me that Mm. that that this theory is right because why would you have him just vanish and never be seen again like that was all leading into something it's like remember back 15 episodes ago when there was that guy it's like no no that's not (laughs) back that was the misdirect and we've been watching him all along I agree, and I think that uh, also so he has a couple of flashbacks to torture, uh, but a few of them uh, look suspiciously yeah. like someone is being operated upon uh, yes. f- and, and changed to look like something yeah, else. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that, that um, the freeze frame analysis should be interesting because I, I got the implication that there are some operations happening there, mm-hmm. that, that they might have been like, well, it looks like torture, but also keeping this theory in mind could be his surgeries to look human. And um, I also wondered if we would see, if you freeze frame it, um, if you do the close analysis, if we might even see hints of Voke in there so that it's not just Tyler and Laurel, but maybe if there are little mm. flashes where it's actually uh, more like the, it's Voke in, in there and, and that would be another hint that this is what's going on. I don't know if they went that far with it, but um, really interesting. And again, nothing to nothing to shoo us away from the conspiracy uh, corner where we live right now behind the Gorn Skeleton. <laughs> It's cozy in the conspiracy quarter. That's why we come here so often. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I don't know. I should say this again. This is our, our warning. Like we have no inside knowledge. No, no. Uh, we are basing this off of uh, Dan Morin and internet speculation, and just looking for clues that. Uh, and what what could happen is that the writers, of course, when you're, I assume nowadays, when you're writing a show like this, you know that your fans are going to be looking for these clues for various things. Uh, so it could be one of these double bluffs where they're putting all this stuff in here, but it actually is not true at all. Could um, be. And, and it's leading us somewhere else. I don't know. It seems pretty likely that it, he is a secret Klingon, uh, but maybe he's not. So what, uh, um, so we've talked about secret Klingon and we talked about whether he's a sleeper agent or not, which is a, which is a question and you're leading sleeper agent. And I think I am too, even though I think I would I rather, think so. I think I'd rather it not be, but I think that's where they're going with it. Um, before we wrap this up, I do have one other little bit of speculation I wanted to throw your Ooh. way since we're here in the conspiracy zone, which is, um, do you want to put down money that they're in the mirror universe or do you think that uh, there's where do you think they are I'm pretty sure based solely on that scene where Stavitz's reflection uh, hangs out a little bit after he leaves the, the bathroom um, that they are in the mirror universe um, also because if I were writing a Star Trek series that ends up in an alternate universe I would make it the mirror universe because it's because the one that exactly. we keep seeing and everybody likes. That's or I and I think maybe what will happen perhaps this will happen is that this mirror this universe is a fake out uh and Stamets is going to jump one more time and then they'll end up in the mirror universe or something like that. Right, maybe. well they could they could be jumping across parallels in the next episode, right? Like this could mm-hmm. be a, a universe where the Klingons have destroyed all the Federation ships or some other, you know, the 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 Borg have destroyed everybody or something like that. Um mm-hmm. I I also like to th- think because they they mentioned time and space that i do i do wonder if time travel is a possibility here i think this this might be an interesting uh, an interesting thing are they going to get back right away or are they going to be trying to like jump around and find their way back i think is a a question is this quantum leap the uh star trek (laughs) star trek quantum leap yeah Uh, ironically not with scott bacula uh so that that is that is out there i think yeah i think that uh the idea that it might not be the the mirror universe but they end up in the mirror universe seems mm-hmm. like a real possibility too and that Samus has to figure out how to get how to get them home that is where i'm placing my money yeah um and i will you reminded me when you said the borg i also thought at the end of the episode where they were pulling out i was like oh, maybe there'll be a borg cube here uh there wasn't but no and uh, uh so i will say that even though we have no information about a lot of this stuff there was a uh, statement yes. mm. made by jonathan frakes who is the director of the next episode. 
at a convention a, lips. a few months ago where he mentioned that we would see the mirror universe. So... <laughs> Jonathan Franks, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And now, knowing the context and the fact that he's the director of the next episode, right? You said that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, sus- I accuse you, Jonathan Frakes, of <laughs> squealing about the plot of your episode. And the next episode is called Despite Yourself, which you could read into that they will meet the mirror uh-huh. uh, universe uh, selves, and they will have to do things despite themselves. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. All signs are pointing to yeah. mirror universe, and I'm very excited. Yeah, or at the very least, the like mirror a mirror universe. Stamets, right? I mean... Yes. Maybe he will... So that's interesting, right? Because they'll... One assumes across the, the multiple universes that exist in Star Trek uh, that there are other Stabitzes that are doing the same thing that Stabitz is doing. So they're going to maybe all end up somewhere. We're, we're going to have a lot of Stabitzes maybe in a couple of episodes. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Too many. Too many. If uh, episode like 11 is called Too Many Stabitzes, we'll know. <laughs> we got to hide <laughs> that episode on? title. Yeah, we'll know. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, Jason. I think that we've done it. I think so. Uh, this is this is our fall finale. Yeah. So we will we will be back uh, on January seventh. One assumes mm-hmm. it's uh, a date to discuss that. Despite yourself, directed by uh, Jonathan Frakes, who apparently can't keep a secret. Yep, that's right. We're not we're not mad, Jonathan. We're just disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm never mad at Jason Snell. You are a wonderful co-host, and thank you for journeying through nine episodes of Star Trek Discovery with me. Or well, you. Pretty much not. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll I, give you full credit. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and a Vulcan goodbye to everybody out there for who has listened this uh, this half season. Thank mm-hmm. you for listening. That's right. And maybe uh, when it comes back, we'll have retooled the podcast, uh, and uh, well, the mirror universe versions of ourselves will be here. Mm. With you'll uh, tell you little can, goatees. That's right. We'll both be having goatees and wearing sashes. Mm-hmm. That's how you'll know. That's how you know. 